Hello, hello, and welcome to The Fruitful Life with Andrea Thompson. Today's episode is going to be called, If You Knew the Gift of God. Y'all, I am just so blessed this morning in my time with the Lord. You know, sometimes I think that this life can be so unbelievably difficult, and it doesn't even have to be that you are experiencing really harsh circumstances. You can be completely blessed and still worn out and still heavy. (sighs) Y'all, I, something I love that the Lord has placed within me is somewhat of a childlikeness to the word of God. You know, maybe it's because I'm a teacher. Maybe it's just in my DNA. I don't know, but when I became a studier of the word and I started to realize some things that were in the word that were biblically sound, not just like pulling a a verse out and taking it out of context, but really studying, rightly dividing the word. And I would see things that I didn't make sense to me in comparison to what I see in the church as it stands today. Doesn't mean that there aren't churches out here who are operating in one or two of the things. And that's wonderful. This, the purpose of this episode is not at all to bash the church because the Lord loves the church, even the ones that are getting it wrong. But y'all in my childlike innocence, as I began to realize some of the things that are part of God's design for this thing, I'm like, there's more. How many of y'all feel like that all the time when you're heavy, you're worn out or struggling to find joy in this thing? feeling like you're less than or can never measure up, whatever which way that the feelings are bombarding you, you are not alone. You are amongst good company because most Christians feel that way. And that does not make any sense to me when it comes to the word of God, nor when it comes to what we saw in the early church. The early church being that which Jesus birthed while he was here on this earth walking with us in the flesh. The New Testament church, which would become his bride. And I just have to ask myself, I constantly come back down to the question, what are we doing? (laughs) And the heart posture of that question is not at all about picking any church apart. It's about where where did these things go? Restore unto us, God, what we are missing. Because y'all, if I'm being honest, the times that I find the most joy is when I'm in the secret place with the Lord. But that also doesn't seem to come off like I would like it to as a testimony and a witness to others, to the world. I know that it does to those that sit under my my gifting of teaching But y'all, I believe, I believe wholeheartedly that our witness to the world was out of an overflow. It was out of an abundance. It it, it wasn't a, a striving and a trying to force them to come to the light. It was like the light was shining through us and they were drawn to it in one way or another. And we were so rooted and grounded in, in him that we didn't move based off of what other people thought or whether they were rejecting it or coming against it or whatever. We were just full of love and light and truth, you know, and there's more, there's more y'all. And so the reason that this episode is called, if you knew the gift of God 
was because I was, I love how God does this. I was sitting here today. My son is gone this morning, will be gone the whole day. And I immediately, every time my kid is gone, my go-to is right into the secret place. You know, not that I can't be in the secret place when my kid is here, but if any of you have toddlers and or have had a toddler, you get it, right? It's just, they need attention and all these kind of things. And, but I go right into the secret place and God just, he's so good at weaving together a tapestry of something. You know, you, you can't make this up. It's the Holy Spirit's doing. It's not me, but he somehow or another led me to a focus on thirst <laughs> of all things. I had this encounter with the Lord this morning. And when I came up out of it, I just felt the Holy Spirit impressing upon my spirit, begin to study thirst. And so it's like a treasure hunt almost when the Holy Spirit leads you in a certain direction. And I was like, okay. So I'm just letting y'all know, I start, I start Googling every scripture that has to do with thirst. And it's not about, it's not about, again, pulling scriptures out of their context, because I do, I go in and I see what is the context of this? What is he talking about? You know, but I do start there because it does paint a bigger picture of what God is trying to lead us to understand. And so one of the first verses, which is the the connection point of, of what I'm sharing with you today is Isaiah 12, 3. Now, there's so much in Isaiah 12. I would encourage you to read it. I'm not going to read it here on today's episode. But this is the particular scripture that got me started on this journey this morning. And it says, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. That just like when the Holy Spirit just blows upon something, I'm talking about where you couldn't move that past that scripture if you wanted to. You can still look around, you can still read, you can do all of that, but it's that, it's grabbing a hold of you. Can I encourage you to sit with that for a moment? Because God is highlighting that because it is the foundation of what He's trying to show you. All things add upon that that He will show you afterwards. It's such a beautiful process to study the word of the Lord with the Holy Spirit's leading. And so y'all, with joy, that stuck out to me, with joy, we will draw from the wells of salvation. So then I'm like, why would God liken salvation to a well? And then I thought of David who said things like, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And then I came to a place of thinking about how in Jesus's own words and red letters in the Gospels, he said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. He said over and over again, I am the bread of life. I am the fountain of living water. And he said, for those of you who thirst, come. When you go back to the Old Testament, back in Isaiah, it also says, For those who are thirsty, come. He is a well that never runs dry. And then I realized that every prophetic undertone of what the kingdom of God will be like in eternity is that we will no longer hunger nor thirst at all. There's something in the Bible that paints this picture that in our fallen nature, there's a hunger and a thirst that we try to satisfy unintentionally and a lot of the times unaware with everything 
Each one of us who are believers can testify to this, that this is what we were doing pre-Jesus. Whether you were into drugs, whether it was sexual immorality, whether it was a life of crime, whether it was just deep depression, you know, being suicidal, all of these things are literally just an affirmation to the fact that we were created beings made in the image and the likeness of God, right, who were created for him. Because the Bible says all things were created by him, through him, and for him. So we were created for him. So no wonder we have this hole in our hearts, so to speak, and in our souls that longs for something. It feels like a void. The reason being is because it can all, we're looking for satisfaction, whether we are able to articulate it as such, that is what we were doing pre-Jesus. And so now that we have been given the gift of salvation, we have found the one thing that satisfies our hunger and thirst. So back to the back to Isaiah 12 where it says with joy That really stuck out to me because everything that God has been doing in my walk lately is in the the framework of the kingdom of God that Jesus was coming to introduce a kingdom. And the Bible says in the New Testament that the kingdom is not eating or drinking. There's nothing temporal about the kingdom. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit spirit. Can I submit to you today, my brother or sister in Christ, that we are missing a whole aspect of the kingdom when we have not found all three of those. When we have not found our satisfaction in him, when we do not have the mindset or the framework, even as believers who are on this side of salvation, this side of the cross, when we do not meditate upon that we were designed to be satisfied in him. And when we were in perfect fellowship with him before the fall, we were. There was, there was no hungering and thirsting for anything. And although we are in perfect fellowship in Christ Jesus post-salvation, there is a fullness that we will not experience until eternity. But until then, Jesus has taught us the design that we are a being that is spirit-led now, and we need spiritual nourishment. We need water and we need bread. Specifically today, what I'm talking to you about is the water aspect. Because I found this interesting that even at the very end of Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, it says the spirit and the bride say, come. And to anyone who wants, who is thirsty, come. Come. Guys, that's the invitation of the Lord constantly. Come and and draw with joy, draw from the wells of salvation. And interestingly enough, an actual well in the natural can run dry, but the wells of salvation never will. Because Jesus said, when you drink of him, you will thirst 
no more. So I want to submit to you today, going to the woman at the well, going to the woman at the well, you know, I've read this story as many of you, I've read this story over and over again. And it's a beautiful story. It really is for, for many different reasons. You can, you can, you know, with the word of God, there's layers upon layers. You can draw and glean so much from just one story or even just one scripture. But there was a day when I was reading this story and God and the Holy Spirit would not allow me to go past when Jesus says to her, if you knew the gift of God. Because mind you, Jesus comes and, and hangs, he's tired. That's his humanity showing, which is such a beautiful picture, y'all. He's tired and he leans up against the well because he has an appointment with this woman. And she's drawn, we know the story, she's drawing water in the heat of the day. And the reason being is because of the lifestyle in which she has been living. She's full of shame and all these things and, and probably has even been shunned by her community. And so she's going to draw by herself water in the heat of the day. And there's Jesus, this Jewish man who the, the Jewish people and the Samaritans had a whole thing going. They didn't like each other. So Jesus per usual was, was, you know, busting through walls, <laughs> you know, in, in their custom, in their, in their community, in their ways of doing things in the culture. And he says to her first, give me a drink. And she's like, what? <laughs> like she starts pointing out all the things like, why are you talking? You're a Jewish man and I'm a Samaritan. Like, or why are you even talking to me? Kind of thing. She got a little bit of an attitude, <laughs> right? Because he caught her in the midst of darkness. I mean, she's in darkness. Let's just be real. But a light has come to her and she doesn't yet realize it. And so she begins to talk about the natural water. And Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God. Now, mind you, today I connected this, that they were at a well, specifically Jacob's well, where she was drawing water to fix her natural thirst. And here is the one who is the fountain of living water sitting before her. And she doesn't know it. Do we know the gift of God, guys? I find it interesting that, again, back to Isaiah 12, that it says the wells of salvation. The joy, we draw them with joy. And I'm like, he's sitting by a well, watching her get ready to draw natural water to fill a thirst where she will have to come back to this well over and over and over and over again. And guys, we do have to go back to the well of salvation to draw from it over and over again. But the difference is we find a satisfaction in that that is eternal. We find a joy in that that is eternal, that is supernatural, that doesn't make sense to the natural world, but is a testimony and a witness to a world that is perishing. And most Christians do not have this joy. They own this joy by way of inheritance and in what Christ did because the kingdom of God lies within you. And if you didn't know that, you know that now. That was a part of what Jesus did for you in giving you the gift of salvation. 
But how many of us are even tapping into this? Because we don't realize I'm, I'm, I'm guilty too. Like, seriously, there's, there's days and even weeks where I'm like, I feel so heavy. How am I going to be a testimony and a witness to a dying world? And I'm over here. It's not about being happy because that's circumstantial, but I have no joy. When the word says that the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. And a lot of people don't have peace either. Some of us have found righteousness in this season where we're, we're being trained in righteousness through harsh circumstances. Praise the Lord for that. But we don't have peace and we certainly don't have joy. And so he says, if you knew the gift of God. I want to submit to you today, do you know the gift of God? The gift of salvation, the finished work of the cross, where you, my friend, have full access to draw from the wells of salvation anytime. That anytime that you hunger or thirst, you can be filled. You can be satisfied. He said, if you knew the gift of God, you would ask of me and I would give you living water. And she starts talking about, well, what is this water that you're talking about? Because she's still in a natural mindset when she responds to that. Because like we would do in responding to spiritual things naturally, we would start to focus on this living water as more of a of a, a fix all for all of our problems kind of the same as that that the parable about uh the the foolish rich man right who who when he when he reaps this huge harvest it says plentifully he he literally makes this plan to build bigger and to store all of these things and then he can say and then he can say take take ease take comfort my soul like rest because you have all of this, these things stored up. But the Bible calls him foolish because it said, your soul will be required of you today. And then who will those things affect that you've stored up when we are called to do things for the kingdom of God? So it's a, it's a different mindset altogether. And she's still, she's still operating in a natural mindset when she originally responds and is like, hey, yeah, give me this living water. Because she's thinking, I won't have to come here in the heat of the day. I won't have to deal with these people. I won't have to, you know, all the things. And he's like, you don't understand. When you drink of this, you will thirst no more. And then he says, this very well will be within you and found like living water will flow forth from you. Do you understand, guys, that we have been given living water so that, again, the very living water that has been poured into us, the wells of salvation, which run very deep and never run dry, would then as a witness and a testimony to those around us flow from us. Because Jesus said, if you believe in me, rivers of living water will flow forth from your belly. And although I've not seen this fully in my life, y'all, I believe it. I believe it. And I believe that Jesus expects us to have a childlike innocence when it comes to taking him at his word. That we find utter joy in taking him at his word. 
The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you feel weak? Find the joy that is found in the Lord. Paul said rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I've started saying that when I get up because my mornings aren't always amazing. There's not necessarily anything wrong with them, but some days I don't want to get up. Right. And you just feel blah. But God taught me a long time ago, and I'm still walking through that, that there are emotions are not the gauge or the barometer for the kingdom that is within us, for the truth in which we walk in for the inheritance and the access in which we've been given by way of Jesus' sacrifice. And so I say out of my mouth, I give God a sacrifice of praise. It's called a sacrifice because sometimes it's hard to do. David understood this concept, but I give God a sacrifice of praise and I say, oh God, this is the day that you have made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Y'all, David understood something that we didn't understand, and so did the disciples. The Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Guys, we have full access into the presence of God. Can I also submit to you today that sometimes it's not that God is not near you, it's that you have not acknowledged his nearness because his nearness does not change. You know why he's nearest to the brokenhearted? Not because he draws away from those who don't have a broken heart and stays further away and comes closer to those who have a broken heart, but because those who have a broken heart are in such a humble place and more than likely they're in a place of wanting to depend on God because they don't have anything left. And that is the very place, the broken and contrite spirit where God can feel the nearest where the truth of how near he always was comes to light. Why? Because you're broken. But can I tell you today that we can walk in brokenness and humility and experience his nearness all the time. Expectation, guys, is a big part of the kingdom. And I learned that through all of these connected dots because let me show you something else. If I can find it here. I'll just have to say it off the top of my head because in the New Testament over and over again, you see that the disciples, even though they were going through suffering and persecution, it says that they had inexpressible joy. Jesus also said, ask of me. He said, you have not, yes, this is red letters. He said, you have not yet asked of me anything, but ask anything in my name so that your joy may be made full. There's a fullness of joy, y'all. And that isn't, obviously, we know that the context of that is not genie in a bottle, rubbing a lamp, three wishes kind of nonsense. That's about asking of him the things that are in alignment with his will and fully expecting in childlike faith that he will do it. And then your joy will may be made full. I also find it interesting, and, and this is where I'll land, y'all, because I never noticed it until I started studying joy this morning in connection with thirst, like only, only the Holy Spirit. And it makes me tear up just thinking about it. There's been so many times I've talked about and even taught on stewardship as a principle of the kingdom because it is. 
And I've even talked about, I want to hear the words from my God saying, well done, good and faithful servant. But I always stop there. And I never thought about the rest of that sentence. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Y'all, we've got to be a people who get this. We've got to understand this. Not only for the here and now, but what God has promised us for eternity, that he would wipe every tear, that there would be no suffering, that there would be no hunger and thirst because the fullness of all things we will live in the presence of for the rest of our lives. Every time it talks about Zion prophetically, guys, the new Jerusalem, the city of the living God, which through salvation we have come to a numerous amount of angels. Oh my gosh, y'all. Every passage you see about that, look it up. It says they come forth, they're being led forth with singing, with great joy, rejoicing, coming to Zion. And Zion belongs to us now, guys. It's the city of the living God. It's how we inherit the promises is that we have faith and patience to look forward to a city that is to come, but that spiritually we have access to right now. You should feel your heart stirring, something stirring inside of you from this episode. And if you are, can I tell you, it's because I am speaking the word of the Lord the living word that I'm speaking to you, kingdom things, kingdom language of a kingdom that you belong to. So it's time to awaken to these things in Jesus' name.